Are you ready? It's time for hard-hitting MMA interviews and knockout analysis. It's like a cross-faced chicken wing to your mind. Get ready for MMA Sucker Radio. Now the shit's about to kick off. This party looks wet. Let's take it back to straight hip-hop and start it from scratch. I'm about to bloody this back up. Everybody get back. That's why my pin needs a pad, because my rhyme's on a red tag. It's like I did with a dick, and I'm about to pick it. Like a magician, critics, I turn up pretty dicks. Got them still on the fence, sweat at a pretty dick. But quick to get impaled when I tell them pretty So sick from looking pale. Well, that's my pretty dick. About to go ahead. MMA Sucker Radio back for your listening pleasure. Sort of weird, this is the last week we're going to be calling this MMA Sucker Radio as next week, Monday night, we are going to be changing the name over to Sucker Radio and we're going to be featuring Ian Bain from MMA Opinion as we've been mentioning over the past few weeks. Um, and rebranding Sucker Radio on both MMAopinion.co.uk as well as MMAsucker.com. So we're really looking forward to that. This week we're also really looking forward to this show. It's stacked. We've got three great guests for you. I'll get into those in a little bit. But first I just want to talk about this past weekend's fight card. UFC 164 went down. Anthony Showtime Pettis proved he has Benson Henderson's number. He beat him at WEC 53 to win the WEC championship, and at UFC 164, he won via first-round armbar and took Benson Henderson's lightweight title away from him to be crowned the champ. Um, no, no, he called out Jose Aldo after the fight because obviously they have unfinished business. He was supposed to go down and fight him at featherweight. That didn't happen. He got injured. Um, TJ Grant ended up getting injured. So he got to step in to take on Benson Henderson. So he called him out. Many people believe that TJ Grant should get the next shot because he was the number one contender in line against Henderson. He's won five in a row at lightweight since making the drop from 170. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, Pettis' knee, um, he underwent an MRI today. And uh, we'll be seeing how long he's out because uh, the medical records say that he'll be out indefinitely. Also on that card in the co-main event, Josh Barnett made his return to the octagon. And did he ever do it with Dazzle? Because he knocked out Frank Mir very early in the first round with a crazy knee. Um, a lot of people out there complaining that it was ended way too early. The referee stepped in extremely early and raised Josh Barnett's hand. But uh, I'm going to chat with with one of my guests about this and I personally think that it was it, it looked like an early stoppage at first but after rewatching it Mir stood up after he got dropped and he was still on wobbly street so um it it, it probably could have gone on for a few more punches but it was definitely stopped with just case um I don't think there should be um, a rematch between these two by any means because Barnett takes that step up the ladder whereas Mir is Seems like he's a bit of a gatekeeper at the moment. Another heavyweight that looked fantastic on this card um, was Big Ben Rothwell. Yes, he was taking on Brandon Vera, who's making his return to the heavyweight division, but he looked really good. He called out Travis Brown after the fight. That's something that I don't really see happening in in the near future, but it could happen eventually. Um, Big Ben needs to pick up another win or two before he gets someone the likes of Travis Brown. In the featherweight division, 
a man who is on a mission to get back to that title shot is Chad Money Mendez. Um, he became the first fighter to knock out Clay Guida. It was amazing. Chad Mendez looked on fire. Um, I don't know what it is about Dwayne Ludwig coming in there as the new head coach over at Team Alpha Male, but this guy has his fighters on point, and Chad Mendez is inching ever so close to that featherweight title shot again. Other than that, this week we have another middle-of-the-week card, UFC Fight Night 28. Um, is going down on Wednesday night with the main event being Glover Teixeira versus Ryan Bader. I'm excited to see Glover fight um, because he could be taking that next step to earning a title shot in the UFC's light heavyweight division. But I'm not too excited about seeing him fight Ryan Bader. I don't think that he has... I, I mean, he has the tools to keep it an interesting fight, but I don't think that he's that next stepping stone that Glover needs to to earn a title shot. So it's going to be a fun fight to watch, but not a fight that is is something that generates a title shot for Glover. In the co-main event, though, something that is, is going to be a fun fight to watch for sure and a ground fight that could be played all over the ground over the three rounds is Yushinokami versus Jacare Souza. Um, this is a fight that could be one of the best fights of the month, or it could be one of the boringest fights of the month, depending on how you look at it. But it's a fight that I'm looking forward to. Following UFC Fight Night 28, we have the debut, the premiere of the upcoming season of The Ultimate Fighter, featuring coaches Misha Tate and UFC women's champ Ronda Rousey. Um, it's a, it's going to be a fun show because it's going to feature both men and women in the house at the same time. So tune into that on Wednesday night. As for tonight, my guests were featuring Brett Cooper. Uh, he's taking on Alexander Slomenko for the middleweight title at Bellator 98. He, he's stepping in as a re late replacement for Doug Marshall, who actually beat him in his last fight. So he's got some, uh, some, some proving to do against Slomenko, who he's taken on in the past as well. Also on the show is MMAJunkie.com's Mike Bon. He joined MMA Junkie after writing for MMA Mania for quite some time, and he actually even did some pen work over at uh, MMASucka.com. So we'll chat with him about this past weekend's card, as well as uh, Wednesday night's card and some other MMA news. And finally, this week we have a third guest. Um, we don't usually do three guests, but I wanted to get um, XFC 25 main event fighter Stephanie Egink on the show because she has sort of a cool story. She came from a boxing background into MMA. She's only 3-1 and one as a professional, but um, she's got some skill, and she's fighting for the title at XFC 25 this Friday night. She'll look to win the strawweight title live on Access TV. So I, I wanted to sit down and chat with her. Um, so with that... Let's get right into her. Sipping from your cup till it runneth over. Uh, uh, holy grail. Uh, blue told me remind you niggas. Uh, fuck that shit y'all talking about. I'm the nigga. Uh, caught up in all these lights and cameras. Uh, but look what that shit did to him. He is one half of the Bellator 98 main event taking on Alexander Slamenko. Please welcome to the show Brett Fudoshin Cooper. Brett, thanks for doing this, man. What's up, guys? How's it going? Pretty good. Now, before we chat about your main event bout, I have to ask you a serious, serious fanboy question. Uh, Fudoshin, what the heck is it, and how did you come up with it? 
Well, I feel the best nicknames are aren't come up uh, aren't picked by the people. Uh, the guy, it, well, first of all, it means uh, immovable spirit. Uh, so about I don't know five or six years back, I fought for uh, um, an event called Pure Combat, and the owner of that um, organization. He did karate and stuff, you know, back when he was younger, and uh, and he so he was familiar with some Japanese words, and and he said you fight like Fudoshin. So at first I was kind of like I kind of laughed about it, and I was like, okay, that's cool, you know. But then uh, some of the guys that, uh, that I uh, trained with started calling me, and I'm like, hey man, Fudoshin, they just started saying it, so it kind of stuck. That's all that happened. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Now you've been in the sport since 2005, so you've seen it progress from somewhat early days to where it's at now. Um, what are the biggest changes that you've seen throughout your years? Uh, TV. <laughs> TV. Uh, it's on TV. Um, obviously, more people are familiar with it. Um, the money's gotten better. Uh, yeah, I would say you know the money's gotten better and uh, more exposure, and people are just more more knowledgeable of the sport and and more uh, aware. You don't think has the training changed much? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's always going to evolve. Yeah, the training's gotten better. Uh, I was talking about this with a buddy last night, um, or with, uh, with actually with Frank Trigg, you know, saying, like, you know, every generation gets better because once you get a coach that's immersed himself in the sport, we haven't really had that yet. And uh, so once, once this generation retires, the next generation is going to have that much more of a head start because they know what shortcuts they can uh, they can make and, what to focus on, what not to focus on, and things like that. You know, get away from bad habits, and and uh, but yeah, no, that's that's it's definitely changed. Yeah, for sure. Because we see a lot of guys come in now that are that are starting in MMA, whereas back in the day it was you know they came in as a boxer or they came in as a wrestler. Do you think this this adds to the game, or or do you think it's detrimental to some of these guys that that they don't have a strong foundation in one certain aspect? No, uh, I, I'm one of those guys that started all all, all three uh, arts at one time: striking, uh, wrestling, and, and submissions. Uh, I, I started all at one time, and I, I think it's actually an advantage. Um, a lot of guys that are, you know, say really good at wrestling have a trouble um, have trouble with their footwork, and it's just when you start everything at once, you kind of you grow all those all those uh, skills at the same pace, so you don't ever. You know the, the bad habits. Some of the bad habits that you would you would get from just doing one one sport or one uh, you know one art like striking. If you're a kickboxer, you're going to stand up too straight. Uh, if you're a wrestler, you might be flat-footed, and you know your your where you carry your hands might be wrong. You might get caught in submissions because you have bad habits of where you go in wrestling. And, you know, same thing with grappling or jiu-jitsu. You know, you have you do stuff in, in grappling where there's no punches that you can't do in fighting. So. I mean, yeah, I think it's good to 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 start in all three, and uh, but I mean, if, if you're going to start one, you know, I think I think wrestling's where you want to start, and uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, it, uh, I think starting starting all three. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of good guys now where I've done that, and uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a good way to go. Now you got the call to to step in and and fight on short notice for the title fight. Um, how fucking cool is that? And where were you when you found out about it? Uh, super awesome, man. I mean, obviously, it's it's the best situation that could have possibly happened to me. I was at the gym. Uh, actually, my I think I just got done with practice. My wife 
looked at my wife and she kind of had that, that look on her face and uh, um, my manager was calling me but I was practicing so he couldn't get a hold of me so he, he called my wife and or he texted my wife and he's like uh, he's like uh, tell Brett to call me when he's done I uh, got some good news and so uh, you know I called him and I kind of had a I kind of had a weird feeling I kind of I don't know I kind of knew not really but I kind of had like a weird feeling like you know I say good news he doesn't it's not something that he does all the time so I figured it'd be you know pretty good and uh, he called me and told me, and I was like, wow. So, I mean, that was the original plan before losing, obviously, my last <laughs> fight, is, uh, you know, to get a title shot and, and get the belt. And so, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's it's, uh, it's not the picture-perfect way to, to get where I wanted to be, but, you know, Bellator uh, did what they had to do. The, the you know, the the Marshall got hurt, so they felt I was the best candidate, and I'm looking, looking, looking to show that and, you know, get the belt. Were you at all surprised, though? Because, I mean, yeah, you're coming off a loss to Marshall, and he's the guy yeah. who was initially supposed to be fighting for the belt. Were you surprised uh -huh. that you were the one that got the call? Uh, I mean, if you, if you look at candidates of who to fight in, um, no, I, I would say I was probably the best candidate. I think, um, you know, if... if uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm the best candidate. I've fought Shemlinka before. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of, we have kind of a history and they can kind of build off that. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, and, and plus, I, I was a runner-up in the tournament and the, the first the, the first place guy got hurt. So, I mean, we're, we're better to go to, than to the second place guy. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, for sure. We're, now, we'll pick somebody out more. Exactly. You mentioned that you fought Shlomenko before. That was back in at Bellator 44. That was quite some time ago. Now, can you take anything away from that initial bout, or is, is and apply it to this fight, or is that sort of like a moot point? Yeah, no, I, I can definitely. I mean, I've been in there with him for uh, you know three tough rounds, and you know obviously I I, I can learn from that. And uh, I mean, I learned a lot after that fight, just getting better and and uh, things things to focus on and. You know, and, and plus I've trained with him, so that helps too. So um, he uh, he came and trained in the gym probably about three or four weeks ago before we found out that Marshall had hurt. And uh, he came back, he sparred in the gym a couple of rounds. And, and so, uh, you know, I'm, out, I'm real familiar with him. He's real familiar with me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I learned from that first experience for sure. You know, it was like three or four years ago. We've both gotten a lot better since then. So, um yeah, no, yes, definitely, definitely, every, everything's always a learning experience. So would you say you're friends with him then? No, definitely not friends. No. Acquaintance <laughs> uh, is definitely not friends. No, I, I don't, he's there, uh, the only thing I do with him is spar. Other than that, I don't, I don't talk to him. He's not my friend. Okay, now all your fights, you know, they're super scrappy. We, we saw that with your last knockout victory over Dan Kramer. Um, fans always seem to be on the edge of their seats when you're fighting. That fight with Kramer, you seemed to be... There was some points where you seemed to be out of it on different occasions and then came back with that, that wicked KO. Um, as an outsider looking in, one might count you out, but does that ever go through your head when, when say, you get rocked or, or he gets a takedown? What do you mean? Like, I mean, do you... <laughs> What's that? Does what go through my head? What do you mean? Does Does... I know not to get negative or anything like that, but I see a lot of guys like say they get taken down after takedown after takedown. Obviously, you don't want that to go through your head and think. Mentally defeated. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, no, you, you, you can't get mentally defeated. I mean, it's tough. Obviously, that's that's the whole point. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, that, that, that's that's part of the fight. You know, that's the mental aspect of the fight. You know, you keep getting beat up, keep getting beat up. If if you keep going and you keep going, you know, it's making the guy just as tired as you. So, I mean, that, that like I said, that's that's one. I mean, that's one part of combat sports. That's one one part of sports that are. You know, very. That's why they say it's you know very mentally challenging because it is. You know, it's not it's not physical sport. You're not going out there and you know lifting some heavy weight one time. Like you're going in there, and you're doing a, a skill after skill after skill, and it's uh you know and you, you can you can beat up a guy for five rounds and then you know and then he uh, knocks you out in the last ten seconds. So I mean, there's never. It's uh it's definitely uh, a tough part of of uh, of fighting is you know getting beat up obviously. And uh, with the Kramer fight, he was he was definitely winning. I feel the first two rounds. And uh, yeah, I mean they they just told me in the corner, you uh, you know how bad you want it, you got to go out there and you, you got to finish him. And uh, I said okay, and went in there and luckily I was able to connect with some good punches and and, uh, and get the win. Yeah, no, it's the mental mental side of fighting. Yeah, for sure. Now I've asked other guys about that, the mental side of the game. Um, you didn't you didn't really get what I was going at with that last question initially, but then you said the mental breakdown. Um, has that happened over your career in the past, and and have you had to do mental training to sort of get out of that aspect? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, well, a lot of people have ways of explaining. It. A lot of people say, well, it's ninety percent mental, ten percent physical, things like that. You, you can't really attribute numbers to it. You know, is the way I feel. It's it's. Uh, it's physical as it is mental, but it's uh, definitely mental is, is is very super important. You know, if you don't have the mental side of the game, you could you could be the strongest, the most talented guy, but but uh, you know, you, if if you don't if you're not good when somebody puts the heat on you, you know, what good is all that strength doing you? So it's 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 definitely the you know one of the biggest things in the game, and that's that's one thing too. Uh, Shlomo is pretty tough. He's a pretty tough guy. He's a uh, He's not really, he's not the best guy in the gym, but he he, he comes. He's easy. What I say is he's a gamer. He shows up for the fight, and uh, yeah. But he he, uh, he he's mentally tough too. But I think I'm uh, I'm better than him. So <laughs> you have to think that way going into it. Um, you train yeah. with some beasts at Rain MMA. Uh, most recently, Chael Sonnen has moved his camp over there. Um, being that he is a former middleweight title contender, has he been a big part of this camp for you? No, I haven't seen him. <laughs> no? Nah, he's, uh, I mean, I saw him a little bit and he was training for his fight, but uh, he, he has a lot of media obligations and, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. And he, he's, uh, he trains at our gym. He, he's, I guess he's part of the team, but he's not, he's not one of those guys that's there every day. Okay. Now, in your mind, if if uh, Bellator ninety eight went pitcher perfect for you, explain exactly what that would look like for the fans looking in. Man, that's always a tough question. Everybody, you know, guys like guys like you ask ask us. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess a picture perfect is just a win. You know. Uh, I mean, a picture perfect. You go in there, you step in the ring. Uh, you know, the guy trips on himself, breaks his leg, and you know, woohoo, uh, I win. <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, obviously, you don't want that to happen. You want to, you want to, you know, show your skills, and you you, you want a good fight. So, I would say just a, a, a skillful win, and uh, 
but I, uh, I'll take what I can get. But just the W is the most important thing. Picture perfect is you getting your hand raised at the end. Exactly. Yeah, me, me getting my hand raised and the belt around my waist. Exactly. Now, moving away from your fight, the Bellator pay-per-view is coming up in November. Um, what are your thoughts on them doing this uh, pay-per-view thing and thoughts on Tito against Rampage in the main event? I think it's great. Um, you know, Bellator is really, is really building their, their brand and uh, they, I mean, they, they, they have top fighters. I mean, let's, let's, let's get it straight, you know. They, people always talk about oh, UFC, this and that. You know, whatever. You know, Bellator, we, we got top guys. We got Pat Curran. We got Michael Chandler. We got, you know, Ben Askren. We got we got Edward Odantes. All these guys can compete with the, the best in the world, if not beat them. I, I think Chandler's, you know, one or two. I think the same with Pat Curran. You know, I, I think these guys are, are up there. And uh, and so, you know, these, you get these guys fighting on pay-per-view card. It's just a matter of building, building the brand. Um, I think Tito and Rampage, uh, people like those guys. A lot of people buy the pay-per-views just because of them. So that was their way of drawing people in. And then, uh, I mean, there's not more high-quality fights than you see there. I mean, it's, it's top-level skills, you know? There's no, it's it's it's, uh, it's Burger King jack-in-the-box. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, you know, Bellator's jack-in-the-box and uh, UFC's Burger King. There's room for everybody. Do you, do you is your goal at any point to get over to the UFC though? Uh, no, I, it's not that it's not a goal. It's just it, it's it's I could I could care less. I, I I go where they pay me, well where I have a contract and uh, and so far I, I like the way Bellator is treating me and uh, I'm happy to be there. If I'm there the rest of my career, so be it. That's great. Uh, you know I, I'm not I'm not I'm not looking to go anywhere like that. I mean uh, I I don't see anything wrong with Bellator and. That's why I figured I'm gonna stay. Nice. Now, finally, before we let you go here, um, you're gonna have a long, grueling training camp leading up to this fight. Um, after you get the belt around your waist, what's the first thing you're gonna do? Oh, I'll probably start crying. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Probably fall over and uh, have some Coca-Cola and. Maybe a beer and some uh, some food. Are you the kind uh, of guy that's gonna gonna wear the belt out and about? Oh hell no! No, I mean uh, I will just because it's you know it's it's something you're you're proud of you know. But I'm not that kind of guy that you know wears my wears my championship belt for five years ago you know just to get chicks at a bar. Uh, I'm 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 way beyond way past that kind of thing. I'm. You know, I, I I I wear I'd wear it like a gold uh, like a gold medalist would wear, you know, their Olympic medal. Um, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's kind of like a gold medal. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think I, I know what you meant. Like some guys try to play the whole fighter card kind of thing, and uh, yeah, that's really not my thing. Exactly. But, uh, you... I, mean, I might wear it the first night, you know. Yeah. Uh, after that, you know, I'll, I'll put it up at the gym or at my house and uh you know kind of like a good trophy exactly you guys yeah, have so a trophy I, case over at rain yeah we do yeah well a lot of blood sweat and tears you know it you know when i get that belt you know a lot of blood sweat and tears going to that belt so um you know it'll definitely be worth wearing around my waist for a while well, he is Brett Cooper. He's taking on Alexander Slomenko in the main event at Bellator 98. Uh, thanks for doing this, Brett, and just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, you can look me up on uh, Twitter, at Brett Cooper MMA. And uh, look me up on Facebook. Uh, I think it's under... I think it's under Brett Cooper. Brett Budoshin Cooper, I think. And, uh, but yeah, mainly a Twitter. And, uh, you know, give me a... Give me a holler. And, uh... Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, those are two spots, right? Facebook and Twitter. What else other than that? Exactly, for sure. Well, good luck, Brett. Uh, good luck in the Bellator 98 main event. Hopefully that gold will be around your waist. Yeah, thanks, bud. Appreciate it, man. First time we've had Brett Cooper on the show. Uh, very, very interesting cat. Uh, I liked his insight on the mental side of the game. And, and from what I took out of that is if you don't have a mental side of the game, you shouldn't really be in the sport of MMA. Um, so all the best to him at Bellator 98 in the main event against Alexander Shlomenko. Um, with that, we're going to get right into our next guest, MMAJunkie.com's Mike Bond, right after this. Joining me on the line now is Mike Bond. Mike writes for MMAJunkie.com but has been around the block when it comes to MMA journalism. At such a tender young age, please welcome to the show Mr. Bond. Thanks for doing this, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Now, this is the first time we've had you on the show, I believe. So, before we get into the fight game and all that kind of stuff, just let people know how you got into the sport of MMA. You're writing for MMAJunkie.com now. Just let people know how, how you led up to that point. I mean, kind of similar to yourself, I started my own website back in the day, just kind of as a place to start with my writing and get better at just doing everything that it takes to be a successful journalist in the sport. And just from there, I kind of just worked my way up, posted my stuff everywhere I could to get as much attention on my work as possible. And then I eventually got noticed by uh, MMA Mania at SB Nation, just writing there for almost a year. And then MMA Junkie, I just across my work and they said they were interested in being on and it's just kind of built up from the start just moving up the level every time I can. That's awesome. Now let's get to the fights. This past weekend we saw a change of title in the lightweight division. Uh, Anthony Pettis proved he had Benson Henderson's number by finishing with him with a first round armbar. Were you at all surprised by this? Oh, I was definitely surprised that it was an armbar finish. I mean, I think everyone really expected Pettis to win by submission. If they thought he was going to win, it would probably be by knockout or another close decision after five rounds. I mean, everyone looks at Henderson as a guy who basically can't be submitted in MMA, and he's proven so many times that he can get out of tough situations. So when Pettis threw up that armbar, I did not think... Henderson would be tapped, let alone verbally submitting. So I was definitely surprised by the result of it. But not surprised that Pettis won? No, definitely. I picked Pettis to win, but I thought it would be a knockout or something similar to that. In the way that I think it was going to be a submission in the first round. Now, what do you think's next for Pettis? I mean, he, he's obviously injured. We, we heard that. Um, he's out indefinitely. But he did call out Jose Aldo after the fight, saying they have some unfinished business. I personally would like to see him fight Canadian TJ Grant because I believe he's earned that sort of fight at the lightweight for the lightweight title. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. I mean, at featherweight as well, there's a bunch of guys that are deserving of title shots there. Most most of all is Ricardo Lama. So I think it's unfair to kind of put that 
put those two guys ahead and match them up and kind of leave all those guys waiting in the wings who earned title shots in their respective divisions. But we've seen the UFC so many times. They make the fight that a lot of fans want to see, and they don't always you know, put the what those contenders have earned in the forefront. They kind of make the fight that everyone wants to see in Pettis versus Aldo, the huge fight right now, and one that a lot of people want to see. And what's going to make the most money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, in the co-main event, Josh Barnett came back to the octagon. He dropped Frank Mir with, with a nasty knee, but um, everyone thought that the fight was stopped early or way too soon. Do you agree? I thought it wasn't that bad of a stoppage as a lot of people are making it out to be. I mean, if you watch that fight again and see after Mir gets back up after the stoppage, he's wobbly. He's clearly hurt. And, I mean, it's just one of those situations where, yes, if the ref let it go on, Maybe he could have taken a few more punches, but I think the end result would have been the same. He was just kind of delaying the inevitable if he did let it go on any further. Do you think there will be a rematch? For that fight, no, I don't think so. I think it's the kind of thing that warrants a rematch. I think they maybe are going to try to push John Brennan as a new face in the division. And I think kind of having a rematch with Mir is a step backwards in that. I think he needs... There's so many other guys that people want to see Barnett fight in the UFC for years now and I just think it would be almost a waste of his time to have him fight in the year again. I honestly would see the fight going pretty much the same way if they fought again. Who would you like to see him fight? Barnett? Honestly, there's a lot of guys out there but I would like to see him fight Travis Brown. I think that's a fight that makes a lot of sense. Some people have suggested Fabricio Werdum. I think that would be a great fight as well but I'd like to see you know, him fight, Barnett fight a guy who's been in the UFC for a while, like made his name there. We're doing is obviously been in the UFC for a bit, but most of his fame comes from like strike force and pride and stuff. So I'd like to see Barnett fight a guy who's been in the UFC, established his name there. And obviously Brown is on a high right now, coming off the win over Overeem earlier this month or last month. I should say. You mentioned Brown. Uh, ben Rothwell called him out after his victory over, over Brandon Vera. Is that a fight that makes sense? I don't really think so. I think kind of Travis Brown deserves better at this point. I think he deserves a guy in the top five, top ten, and Rothwell isn't there at this point. I mean, Rothwell's been super inconsistent in the UFC so far, so I think he needs to get a couple more impressive wins before he fights a guy like Brown, but you honestly can't blame him for calling someone out like that. I mean, he could get the fight, but I just don't think it really makes sense right now. Uh, What else on the UFC 164 fight card uh, interested you? I mean, how can you not talk about Chen? He just, he looks so good against Clay Guida. He's looking more and more amazing every fight. Like, first guy in featherweight history to win four straight fights by knockout. He's just looking so good, and he's creating interest in another fight with Jose Aldo, which you need to do when you're in that position where you've lost badly to the champion once already and are going to get that rematch. You need to go out there and, like, finish your fights emphatically, and he's doing that. He's making people beat the drum to have him have another title fight. And, I mean, that's pretty much all you can ask out of him at this point. Dwayne Ludwig's been a, been a big influence there, eh? Oh, a huge influence. I mean, didn't, I don't think Chad Mendes would have been knocking Clay Guido even just a couple fights ago. The, how far he's come in these last couple of years or year, however long he's been since his title fight with Aldo, he's, he's just looking amazing, as are all the guys from that team. 
Yeah, no kidding. Now, moving away from UFC 164, we're back with another midweek card for UFC Fight Night 28 on Wednesday night. Does the Teixeira Bader fight main event fight pique your interest at all? Um, a little bit, just because we want to see what Teixeira can do against a strong wrestler. And obviously, he's a good fighter. He's a definitely a competent opponent for Teixeira, and he's going to really see how good he is against that style of fighter. I mean, I know he fought Rampage before, but Rampage isn't really the kind of wrestler that he used to be anymore, and Bates kind of on top of his game at this point. So it'll be interesting to see if he can really test him. But in Brazil, I think this kind of is a fight that's setting to share up to get that type of shot. Do you think I I look at this fight like it's it's sort of a give me for Teixeira? Obviously, there's no MMA fights out there that are true gimmies, but I don't see a win over Bader. It 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 doesn't interest me. It doesn't make sense to me that a win over Bader earns him a title shot. Yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely that argument as well. I mean, Bader, he is only on like a one fight win streak. It's over Matushenko, who's not even in the UFC anymore. So it's kind of how good is that win at this point? But, I mean, there's not a lot of guys at the top there that can be challenging for the title. And five straight wins in the UFC, no matter who it's coming against, is something that's going to move you towards the title shot. So if he wins in impressive fashion, I can see them throwing him in there just because there's not a ton of other guys who can challenge the winner of Jones and Gustafson. But, yeah, I just think it pretty much comes down to that. Maybe if it was in stack division with a deeper line of title contenders, those wins over Bader or whatever wouldn't get him a shot, but in this situation it's probably going to. Yeah, now we have a ground battle in the co-main event with Yushin Okami versus Jacques Ray Souza. Um, a lot of people are putting their money on, on Souza for this fight. Is that where your bet's going? Oh, man, I don't know. I just, have, I just have so much respect for Okami. I mean, he has more wins in the middleweight division than any fighter, more than Anderson Silva, and he's been taught so many times in the UFC. I think he's a guy you can never count out. He's been in the top 10 for so long, but like you said, or I mean, in Brazil, Yoker, like this is a tough matchup for anyone going in there. So I think this is a really difficult fight to predict. I honestly don't really know who's going to win, but I think this is a super big fight for this card and for the middleweight division. I mean, if Yoker can come in and beat Okami, he's going to be right there as like a new face, a new title contender. And for Okami, if he wins, he's got four in a row against some really good guys and he's kind of building momentum towards another title shot even though not many people probably want to see that <laughs> i agree with you there i'm surprised that so many people are counting okami out of this one with when it is such a it's a close fight when you look at the two on paper because okami is that guy that can just grind away at you and and i i think that if he's able to to push jacare up against the cage or even take him down to the ground and take that top position that he's just going to grind it out for the full three rounds. Yeah, definitely. I mean, any time Okami fights anyone, that's a possibility of him just wearing them out to a decision. He's done it so many times against some extremely good guys. So there's really never counting that possibility out. And I think he could, he could do that just as easily as, you know, Yakari could go in there and possibly submit him. So who really knows? I think that fight is probably one of, if not the most competitive on the card, and I'm really interested to see who wins that one. Yeah, it is. And and looking at this card, um, we talked about betting on that fight because we said Okami was, was a, a favorite in that one, but the betting odds on this card 
throughout the the whole card there there are many huge favorites and and there's no real close matchups on this card why do you think joe silva did this i honestly don't know there's been a lot of injuries on this card too and it's just one of those brazil cards i mean we've seen it starting to become the trend down there there's brazilian against foreigner and usually the brazilian is favored pretty heavily so I think it's just kind of how the FC is starting to build these cars down there. They're putting Brazilians who are likely to win or the favorites, and it sends the fans home down there happy. So, I mean, you can't really complain if it puts the butts in the seats. I guess that's just the way they're going to have these Brazil cards going from now on. Um, fight night is on Wednesday night, as we mentioned. Are you a fan of these middle-of-the-week fight cards? Um, I am, yeah. I mean, I'm not really a big fan of these three cards in the seven days. It's Obviously, I'm sure you know as well, it's been a lot of work to keep up with. A lot of, there's no really not much time to reflect on anything that's happened. I mean, Pettis just got that huge win, and here we are a couple days later looking at another fight card. It's a lot to keep up with, but in general, I do like the Wednesday night cards. I think it's kind of an exchange of pace. It's a cool night to stay home and just watch the fight so i i'm a fan of it personally yeah and this wednesday night we have the debut of the ultimate fighter as well um many people have overlooked the ultimate fighter for the past few seasons here saying that you know it's become too repetitive it's it's not interesting at all but this one is a little different with the men and the women in the house are you excited about this season I definitely am. I mean, I can't say anything really about the show, but I did have the chance to catch a screener recently of the first episode, and it's definitely awesome. I mean, I think people are going to like it. I found it super enjoyable to watch, and it's compelling. I mean, just everything that goes into it, it's interesting to watch. And I think this season, definitely with the men and women in the house, that alone attracts interest. And then the show itself, I think, is going to be very interesting. Rosie and Tate, we've heard everything that Rosie's saying about how she's, you know, for how she's going to look on the show. So a lot that uh, a lot that goes into it, it's definitely going to draw interest. For sure. Now, finally, Mike, before we let you go, what's one fight in the month of September that you're looking forward to the most? I mean, I think we just talked about it a little bit earlier. It was For me, it's the Okami and Yocker fight. I mean, that fight, I will say, has a lot of potential to be extremely boring it could just be an underwhelming fight but it's really important and relevant to the division so i think that fight is going to be my most i'm looking forward to that one more than anything just because it's really important and we're going to find out if yakare is a true title contender and if he's able to make some of in the city. he is mike bond he writes for mmajunkie.com mike thanks a lot for doing this today man and and just let people know how they can get a hold of you in the social media universe yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Mike Bond MMA, M I K E B O H N MMA. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the best touch with me. If you have any questions or anything, just tweet at me and I'll definitely be on there to respond. Cool, thanks a lot, Mike. Okay, thanks for having me on, man. Cool to chat with Mike Bond from MMAJunkie.com. He, uh, local cat here from Vancouver, British Columbia who's moved out to Ontario to step up his MMA game and, and live out there in Toronto. Um, but we chat with him about who Anthony Pettis should take on next after defeating Benson Henderson and winning that lightweight title. Um, he called out Jose Aldo, as we said, but waiting in line and who was supposed to take on Benson Henderson was TJ Grant. Well, it just so happens that while we were recording that interview, it looks like Yahoo Sports' Kevin Ioli 
uh, spoke with UFC President Dana White, and TJ Grant will get that next shot at Anthony Pettis. So uh, no word on when that'll go down. Um, we mentioned before that Pettis had an MRI um, during the day on Tuesday, um, but we don't know exactly how how that MRI went or, or the time frame of when he's going to return. But TJ Grant will get that next title shot. It's pretty interesting this show tonight. We got three guests, um, three guests that have never been on the show before, and we're going to get to that next third guest. Stephanie Egink will join us after this. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies, and I'm not proud of my address. In the torn up she is fighting in the main event at XFC 25 Boiling Point this Friday evening, live on Access TV against Angela Magana. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Stephanie Snowflake Egging. Steph, thanks for taking the time out to join me. Absolutely. Now, right off the bat, I wanted to ask you about your week leading up to the fight. Um, as I was supposed to conduct the interview with you earlier today, but you're going through uh, a bit of your weight cut right now. How's the weight cut going, and how grueling is the process for you? Um, it's going typical. I mean, I would say good, but weight cuts are never fun, so good is the wrong word. Um, it, you know, I'm 5'8", so fighting at 115 is, um, is a stretch, <laughs> but... You know, it puts me at the top of my weight class, and it's all worth it when I step off the scale. So, as much as I'm suffering now, um, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll all be worth it. What do you, you come? Know, it's uh, it, it's hard. It's hard right now, but I'm able to do it. You know, I know there's going to come to a point when I'm not going to be able to do it anymore. You know, as as you get older, sometimes you can't cut as much weight, but uh, I can do it right now. So, what do you come in at um, on fight night? Mm, about 132. Wow. So, yeah, definitely yeah. the top of your weight class. <laughs> yeah, I haven't come across a 115 that looked as big as me. And nope. uh, I, I feel I feel really strong, too, even when I'm fighting. I know, like, um, my past opponents have mentioned in uh, post-interviews that they thought I would be weak because they know I'm cutting so much weight, but it's definitely not the case. Um, I feel I feel fine when I'm fighting. Now, I've spoken with a number of female fighters over the past few years on this show, and each and every one of them has a different story about how they got into the sport of mixed martial arts. Um, I'd just like you to explain to our listeners what your first experience was like and what made you get into the sport. Um, I was boxing before I was doing MMA. I was on the USA boxing team and um, uh, fighting professionally boxing, and I uh, wandered into an MMA gym and was just going to go there for their boxing program, but watched a jiu-jitsu class and thought it was pretty cool and started training and had my first amateur fight in Vegas for the tough enough, the first tough enough tournament. Um, so that, you know, that was a crazy experience. First time I've ever fought in MMA and I was in Vegas. <laughs> um, but yeah, from then on it was, I, I haven't done professional boxing since I've only been doing MMA. So obviously I liked it. Are you surprised that, um, I mean, I've, I've spoken to other professional boxers that came into the sport of MMA, and some of them have said they're surprised at the lack of true boxing skill in the sport of MMA. Are you surprised? Do you see this with females quite a bit? Um, I, I, I 
yes. It's really hard to train for. Um, I'm used to straight punches coming at me. I'm not used to punches coming from people's hips. Um, you know, crazy, wild brawling, which is about 80% of what you see in um, MMA, especially women's MMA, unfortunately, um, is not what I train for. You know, I train for classic, traditional boxing. Um, you know, straight punches from your face. Um, you know, so it, it was that was a hard transition um, for me and... I, there's a lot of girls right now that are fighting MMA professionally that have decided to, to do boxing, professional boxing too, and I'm glad because I think it's going to add um, more of a boxing skill set to a lot of people's games, which um, I think needs to happen, I guess. Um, I want women to be looked at just as um, um, the same way that, they, that men are looked at, and I think that you know refining those kind of skills will definitely help, so... Definitely. Now you're riding a, a two-fight winning streak inside the XFC cage, and are three and one as a professional fighter. Um, but you're still very young in your mixed martial arts career. What's the biggest thing you've learned thus far in MMA coming over from boxing? Mm, honestly, I uh, all the, the I've found that MMA is there's a lot more drama <laughs> in yeah. MMA. Then there is in boxing. Boxing was a lot of political drama, but in MMA, there's a lot of just like talking behind people's backs and just you know I don't know. That, that was uh, that's the biggest thing that's been been difficult or uh, challenge for me is I don't really play into a lot of that. Um, and the one people that do are the ones that end up getting the most attention, which is kind of frustrating. But um, you know, uh, I think that skill will. Not any kind of shit talking. But. No, yeah, and it seems like you're getting the attention because you are getting this title fight. Um, your opponent Angela Magana is a seasoned vet in the sport, coming into the fight with an 11 and five record. Are you surprised that you're getting a title shot this early in your career? Yes, I am. Um, I don't think that John Prisco expect. Um, I don't think he expected me to do as well as I did, um, especially against Heather Clark. Um, you know, she's very talented, and, you know, I was coming off of a loss in that fight. Um, I don't think he'd expect me, me to win, honestly. <laughs> um, you know, and then and then I won again, and it, it just make, made sense. He wanted he wanted the belt to be out. You know, he wanted somebody to hold the belt, and, um, you know, who who else is he going to have fight for it, really? Angel Magana is the one that hasn't really fought for him, that, you know, hasn't really earned her, hasn't really earned her shot at the belt. Honestly, it would make more sense for somebody like Heather to fight me against for it. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's just how it played out. I don't think he had that that idea right away when he first signed me. But, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I've won twice. And, you know, I'm the most logical to fight for it, even though my record's really small right now. Yeah, now you, you sort of answered, you sort of led right into my next question and answered it a little bit there. But on the flip side... Um, are you surprised that Magana is getting a title shot when she is? She's coming out of another organization. She's never fought for the XFC, and she's coming off a loss. Yeah, I don't really know what that was about. Um, you know, I, that's not my place. I don't care. I'll fight whoever he puts in front of me. That was a little bit of a shock, and I know it was a shock to um, some other people that fight for the XFC that were thinking that they deserved that um, shot. But um, you know. She might be coming in for 
the title fight, but you know she's not going to walk away with it. So uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> you say it's not <laughs> your place. <laughs> yeah, you say it's not your place to to mention that, but I have heard through the grapevine that you're not too fond of your opponent. Um, just sort of explain that. Why is that? Uh, she's only way that she stays relevant in the sport is by talking bad about people. Nobody likes her in women's MMA. I had nothing against her, nothing at all. And then um, after she pulled out of the fight last time, she went on a radio show and started talking bad about me and my personal, like, got into my personal life. And this was after she had already backed out of a fight with me, out of the fight with me. Whatever her reason, I don't care. You don't back out of a fight and then start talking bad about, you know, me. And uh, especially my, you know, it's one thing to talk, talk, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do this to her. I'm going to beat her up. I'm better than her. But she got into my personal life and, um, I don't forget things. I, I hold a grudge for a while and I just don't like her. I, I, I don't like anything about her. Um, if you listen to any of her interviews, she's phony, she's fake, uh, she's, um, manipulative and, and backstabbing and, um, and every, anybody in women's MMA will, will agree with me on that. There's nobody that likes her, so. Um, that's not just my opinion. That's pretty much a general consensus. So I, I'm expecting you to come in there extremely fired up. Um, we saw in your first fight with XFC that you, you won using your boxing skill, and then in your second bout with the organization, you showcased um, your your catch wrestling and your and your ground game. What can we expect in this bout? Because from the sounds of it, you're going to come in there um, just guns blazing. Uh, not necessarily. I'm, I might not like her, but I'm still going to fight smart. Um, you know, there's it's five rounds too. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow my load in the first, and uh, I don't fight with emotion, so I'm not going to this fight either. Um, you know, not not saying that I'm not thoroughly going to enjoy punching her in the face, but <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose focus, you know, on my game just because I just like her so much. I hope she comes at me hard and aggressively. Um, that will be her mistake. Um, so. <laughs> Will this be your first time main eventing a card? No. Um uh as a professional, yes. Yep. How cool is um, that main eventing a professional card live on Access TV? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Definitely wasn't expecting that for my fifth pro fight. <laughs> you know, that's not something that usually happens for a while. Um, you know, I've been I've been the uh, uh um uh, the, uh, you know, like the what's that called? Not the co-main, but like the featured fight, the featured kind of thing. fight yeah. before. You know, but that's just because they always do that with the women. But to actually be a main event on a card is pretty awesome. So I'm excited. Now, now you said coming into the XFC, they they didn't expect you to to do as well as you did. With women's MMA blowing up right now, what did make you decide to sign with XFC? We know the UFC obviously doesn't have the 115 pound division, but Invicta does. So, so why the mindset to go with XFC? Um, I'm from Tampa. Well, I'm not from Tampa. I lived in Tampa for two years, and um, XFC is out of you know out of Tampa, and. Um, my coach, Rob Kahn, he knew, knows John Prisco, and John came in and watched me spar, and, um, you know, I was living in Tampa at the time, so it, uh, it made sense. Um, and, you know, fighting for a promotion that's on TV is, is awesome. You know, I have family all over the country. They get to watch me, and so it, uh, there's no reason to not jump on that. For sure. Now, this week, um, the Ultimate Fighter starts 
first time women have been on the show. They're going to be mixing them up with men. Um, if the UFC did add a 115-pound division or even a 125-pound division, um, would the Ultimate Fighter be a way that you would want to get in on that mix? Um, not at 115. <laughs> I I don't I couldn't live in a house and trying to maintain 115 for six weeks. No way. Um, or 125 would definitely be where I'd want to be. Um, even you know even just for a, a single fight, I, I'm really contemplating just going to 125. I have two more fights after this with XFC, and I'll def- you know when I win, I'll defend the belt. Um, but after that, I I would I'm definitely gonna um, contemplate making the jump to 125. I'm just I'm so tall, you know. There's no reason why I shouldn't fight. I'm already gonna be taller than people at 125 too, so you know there's no reason to not. Yeah, for sure. Now, finally, um, we do this thing on MMASucker.com called Fight Music. Um, it's basically you just give me a band or an artist and a song that gets you in the mood to punch people in the face. Um, in this moment, and the, the song is called Comanche. Okay. <laughs> why, does it, why does it pump you up? Uh, well, if you listen to it, it's... Uh... It's like a war song. It's about pretty much mayhem and killing. And I mean, the main line of the song is "Let me hear your war cry." It's just—it's uh, actually the song I walked out to when I saw Heather Clark. Um, I don't know how you don't listen to that and get pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. She is Stephanie Egan. She's taking on Angela Magana this Friday night at XFC 25 Boiling Point. Stephanie, thanks for taking the time out to do this with me. And just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. You can follow me at Double Snowflake on Twitter or on Stephanie Snowflake Egan on Facebook. Nice, Steph. Thanks. And uh, good luck on Friday night. Hopefully, that belt is around your waist at the end of the night. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Look at that. Three guests, stack show, and we got it done in under an hour. Uh, Can't complain about that. I'm not going to chat your ear off too much. Uh, But some news that went down this week. Uh, It sounds like Kid Yamamoto is out of his fight at UFC 165. Um, against Ivan Menjivar. Stepping in for him will be Wilson Reyes. He's looking to make his UFC debut. Um, He was looking to make it this week, uh, this Wednesday night at UFC Fight Night 28, but his opponent stepped out, Hugo Viana. So lucky enough for him, he got a shot at UFC 165 against Ivan Menjivar. Um, Some other news that, that went down this week, Joe Riggs, who is supposed to fight in the Fightmaster finale. Um, that's been delayed indefinitely. He's gotten injured. So that fight is 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 on the back burner for a little bit here. Um, something else that's interesting is that Daniel Cormier has some special requests for Roy Nelson's beard and his hair um, for their bout. Uh, I don't I don't really, you know, I don't care about that so much. But uh, something that I do care about, and, and I haven't for the past few seasons, but I'm extremely interested in this season, this Wednesday night, The Ultimate Fighter, Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey are coaching it. Um, it, it, it looks like it's going to be a good one. There's a few promos out there. Uh, scour the internet to, to check them out. But if what Ronda Rousey says that she wouldn't do tough again for $10 million is the case, 
obviously a bunch of stuff must go down this season. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to this, uh, also this Wednesday night, um, Ultimate Fight Night 28, going down Glover Teixeira, Ryan Bader in the main event, as we mentioned earlier. So check that out. Thanks to my guests, Brett Cooper, Bellator 98, fighting in the main event, Mike Bond from MMAJunkie.com, and Stephanie Egink, who's taking on... Um, Angela Magana in the main event at XFC 25 this Friday night live on Access TV. I'd like to thank her as well for joining me. All that and more brought to you by MMASucker.com. This is MMA Sucker Radio for the last time being called that. Next week we'll be rebranded as Sucker Radio. I'm out. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, We've been designing a tractor beam, codenamed Preparation H. It's powerful enough to pull the meteor... Minus 22. ...into a collision course with the Earth upon entering the atmosphere of the hot ball of magma. We'll strike and melt the polar ice caps, causing a global flood. But enough of my technical mumbo-jumbo. Allow me to demonstrate. Oh, you go, Walt. Lower the globe! Lower the globe! Ow! Ow! Scheisse! Well, congratulations, Snamnuts! You've succeeded in turning me into a frickin' jack-in-the-box! Get it off! Get it off! It's dark! It's dark! I'm okay! I'm okay! Release the meteor! Release the meteor! Oh! Oh! God damn it! Oh! oh. Guys! Oh. Way to go, a-hole! All right, hold on. Will I try and find my balls, for God's sakes? One, two, and three. Okay, I'm okay.